Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's BudPod 183. 183. Mon ami. Mon ami, 183. That's my friend, right? Mon ami, yes, yeah. Yes, so I mean, that is BudPod in a... In in a, in a French in French phrase is mon ami. The French version is, co- is called mon ami. Yeah. Ami pod. Yeah. Co- yeah. 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 Pod pod d'ami. <laughs> oh no, you're right. You're right. The French version would be mon ami uh, with an exclamation mark. That's the French title <laughs> of bud pod. That's a fun because it always has to be so similar, but then a bit different and with an exclamation mark. That's a fun name. I think that's <laughs> just the the bud pod logo with sort of berries and cigarettes. <laughs> Mon ami. How impossibly tedious do you think it would be to listen to an episode of this podcast where we're both sort of going, oh, well, nice to speak to you, Philippe, like doing that kind of thing. for Like like doing an accent? Well, just doing like a silly French accent for like a one-off parody yeah. episode called Mon ami. That would wear thin. <laughs> that would wear thin within, a, what, a minute? Yeah, I would follow that the peaks and troughs of an extended comic idea where it's funny at first and then gets very unfunny and then it gets funny again because it's been going on so long and then people lose patience with it once more and yeah. then it gets funny again towards the end. It'd probably be like that. But I think spread over an, an hour, it, it, it would it would be a net negative experience. Yeah, and also I think you're right about that, the sort of the Stuart Lee arc of it, but also like... um the meta joke would become our own struggle to maintain the accent um, while <laughs> reacting to things organically or reading correspondence. So. Yeah. Do you have any French heritage? I forget. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Huguenot. Do I? It's, it's, an, it's an oft untouched element of this podcast is that we're both actually french it's true <laughs> it's true yeah um are you are you huguenot as well aren't you or are you not no i i'm not entirely sure what that means then probably not i was in i wouldn't know how to track to track it my my no my my french side is from fr, is recently from france so my grandmother was french and she was catholic oh was she um yeah uh, yeah yeah I'm going to say yeah, but I don't know. Okay, okay. Because Huguenot is like a sort of 1600s Protestant. Right, right. Basically, to oversimplify it. Um, Um, Yeah, uh, most... That's the reason why South Africa is full of French names. Yeah. Is the the old Hugues. Um, Hugues if true. (laughs) Hugues if true. That's Hughes if true. I can't remember the last time I saw huge if true used sincerely. <laughs> yeah, it's the euphemism treadmill of the of the social media. Things become ironic so quickly now. 
things that yeah. so so quickly that actually in the end the majority of a phrase or a meme's lifespan online is ironic do you ever think about that the the genuine portion of a phrase's life cycle online that is earnest is a tiny tiny minority of the time it spends alive really yeah yeah that's true it's it's almost like the that's just the act of its birth and it'll spend the rest of its life being toured yeah. around irony circuses i mean think about woke how how for how long did the word woke evoke its initially intended effect probably or like have is probably like three months yeah well for however long black people were using it before we started using it but there was a period where it well i mean black people have been using it since like the 70s well that's it but yeah so it, it was it was fine yeah. it was fine till till white people on twitter got hold of it and then uh, yeah probably three months maybe maybe six i mean we should say black americans black americans um, yes that's right we're, 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 we're um, falling foul of the thing we ourselves hate so much which is speaking as if we and everyone in the world is american <laughs> that's right that's right but i mean yeah so woke was earnest for all of three months and then since then has become a word um almost to avoid even if you are on that side well it's it's just and it, yeah. yeah it's become a cipher for political correctness that is devoid of legislative authority yes <laughs> yes, yes yes it is it yeah it, it, it's had the exact same life cycle political correctness did but even shorter and yeah. i wonder what the next one will be what will take over because we obviously we need a word that represents this thing um and we have to regenerate the, uh, a new word like a new doctor every <laughs> decade or so it seems i wonder what the next one will be what would we call um well i guess what 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 do we sincerely call someone who just tries to say you know call someone the right thing in a social situation <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah um yes but that that isn't the full do do good it doesn't carry the full meaning do good progr progressive but even that's that even you just saying do gooder then made me start to get really annoyed with do gooders. <laughs> That's how quick the euphemism treadmill is already. I was already in my head going, fucking do gooders think they're so much better than everyone. Is it progressives? Because that's currently the sincere thing you say. To, you don't say the woke anymore. Only only people right, who hate them right. say that. So whereas people who are progressive can refer to the progressive wing or a progressive. Mm. Maybe that's the next one. Like, oh, you progressives. Maybe that'll be it. But I feel like progressive now is such an old term. It almost feels like new, like equivalent to neoliberal or centrist to me. Progressive. Yeah, it's been it's been in the vernacular for too long, and it's sort of taken on too many different possible meanings. The problem with woke yeah. is sort of as as tired as a word as it is now. You still do know exactly who you mean when you say it people know exactly who you're referring to also i think it had which is a, which is a, a shame it had the impact it had use it because it didn't have any other meanings where it's like progressive like if you use that as right. to insult you then you have to kind of be also tacitly saying to people i hate the idea of progress whereas even the mad right wingers <laughs> yes, like to think exactly. they represent progress um, exactly exactly that's it yeah so i mean brexiteers think they're progressive they're, yeah. but their idea of progress is insane <laughs> but they think it's it'll be progress they want to progress into a big bin where no one has any money or electricity. Um, yes. The, well, that's right. And whereas, like, woke was almost like 
it was so far outside the vernacular and and meanings of of the people who hate it so much now that it could as just as easily have just been like gloopity bloop like it could it was just like a sound to them mm, mm. so yeah we yeah. need a new word that is, is is such an outsider that its impact is all the more powerful in the minds of these people um it, I was, and uh, it, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see which which group it comes from. Yeah. I was just I just saw earlier this very interesting thing that um, <laughs> in Korea the term Leeds era has become widely used Leeds era uh, to refer to someone's like golden age, a Leeds era. And I think apparently I only like read the headline, but it looks like it came down through um, Korean football fans re- referring to like the golden era of Leeds United. What? And they started using it as a term to say refer to someone's golden age. But now, it's a, a broadly used term in Korea. Someone's Leeds era. Really? Is that is that crackers? That's fucking. The, Unless I've filled in too many gaps there. Football but that's, is that's, fucking that's mad, and it's like scope of popularity and power. Yeah. <laughs> it's so mad. It, um. I, I was going to say, um, whenever you hear a lot of people saying, like, woke or progressive, what they want to say is something that they've been stopped from saying since the 90s, which is they just want to call everyone a pussy. <laughs> you can hear that they want to go, these pussies. They they just want to go for that. Yeah. These fuck, trying to be all fucking nice to each other. Fucking pussies. That's what they want to say. Yeah, and, and Snowflake, a Snowflake oh, yeah, achieved Snowflake. that quite well. Snowflake was basically about as close as people got to just saying outright pussies. Yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. they want. For some reason, them being told you can't say pussies. For some reason, that's stuck. It's <laughs> weird that true. it's stuck because they want to say all the other bad words. <laughs> yeah, why is that the one they listen to? It's really strange, isn't it? Because like <laughs> they say almost everything else they want to say, but then it's so rare these days to hear even like a mega bro dude, dude man of of the right just go out and out. These people are a bunch of pussies. It would almost seem laughable. I guess the challenge is to find a word that you can level against your opponent without that they can't instantly dismiss. Yeah, that's true. Out of rudeness. So if they start going calling them pussies, the left, the progressive left, to use the term. Um, could say, oh, look at them being misogynistic or yeah. whatever. Using, And so they can dismiss out of hand the right's criticism. So the right has had to find a word that in itself cannot be dismissed, but whose meaning That's true. gets at what they mean. Also, like, I guess because calling someone a pussy doesn't imply any philosophy on their part specifically. Yeah. Whereas woke yeah. or snowflake does. And as you say, therefore has to be addressed. Yeah. Whereas... Yeah, I guess it's not as powerful if you're just doing the verbal insult equivalent of just going, but I hate them. <laughs> uh, very funny in um, last week, some right wing commentators in the UK have tried to label the financial markets woke for oh my God. Uh, for crashing following Liz Truss's and Kwasi Kwarteng's uh, crazy mini budget. It didn't make any that, sense that because they, been... they, they, they just go... <laughs> It's it's good that they have let the same... So they, the logic was so strange because they were like, oh, these woke currency traders, <laughs> these these woke like city boys are just ruining everything 
in the budget, and everything in the budget was great, especially the bit where we removed the limits on the bonuses of those same guys. Yeah. So it's like half yeah, half the budget was, was just devoted to letting those guys run fucking hog wild, and then we're going to complain that they ran hog wild with an open goal that we gave them. These hedge fund libtards <laughs> don't believe in Britain Inc. These these fucking snowflake bleeding heart Patrick Batemans. <laughs> Very, very funny that uh, they've had to U-turn on the 45p tax rate cut literally hours after Liz Truss has said on many, many different programs and radio shows and TV clips that she would never U-turn on it. Yeah. Very funny. uh, Very embarrassing to be British. Every day you think it can't be more embarrassing to be British on the global stage. It it is. (laughs) What is it? Is there a? T- there must be a German word for if someone hands you a birthday cake or a vase and you just immediately plop it onto the floor. <laughs> what are you saying? That's what. Uh, yeah. What would they call that? Um, batten. Batten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> batten shies. Batten. Gato. Gato. Sma- gato smashen. <laughs> gato gato smashing for like the cake smashing madness yeah um just just to what, and what just to hand the economy hand the economy to Liz oh, Truss across yes. the quarter and go well here you go you've you you won now you're in charge of this the economy and then to just take it and go wow smash like immediately <laughs> like <laughs> In my heads, they're smashing it into the floor in one fluid motion. They're not even stopping to look at the object. They're just going, wow, like their hands just move in, a, in an arc instantly into the floor, not even thinking for a moment about it. There's a bit in The Northman where the main guy, that he's a berserker and he's charging at his, this town and someone on the wall throws a javelin at him. And before it even gets him, he grabs it out of the air and just throws it back. I imagine them doing it in that similar kind of motion. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. Liz Truss and Quasi Carting with a hand, like throwing the economy and they just spin around and in one movement, just smash it into the floor. Yeah. And then celebrate. Like, exactly, completely fluid. Like, as they're, you know, if you were like accepting like a cake in a sort of cake holder, you'd kind of put your palms flat and your thumbs out, right? Yeah. Like, as you take <laughs> yeah. it. Just not stopping the motion of receiving, just letting it be received into the ground. Plop. <laughs> also, Kwasi Kwarteng crashing the national economy, crashing the currency, and then immediately going to a we love crashing the national currency party. Oh, yeah. So what was this party? He was at a party... Oh. He went to a champagne reception filled with people who short the pound. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> now, you, you and I... And I, I, I hate to use a cultural reference I've only just learnt, but it is like um, Dr. Evil and the other henchmen laughing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in Austin Powers. Ge- genuinely. Like, I mean, a party of people who short the pound. All, all laughing and clapping <laughs> while you kind of enter as the guest of honor. Like, it's proper Al Capone stuff. <laughs> That's so bad, isn't it? It's insane. And also, like, 
you and I are naturally skeptical of of, of accusations of corruption in the UK because you and I are both from countries that are flagrantly corrupt. Um, yeah, in a very powerful sort of developing world way, where it's like the UK's corruption, such as it is, is generally pretty minor slash reserved for upper echelons. Da da da. But even I have to admit that. <laughs> For no reason tanking the pound and then going to a big champagne party organized by people who you've just made billionaires seems pretty bad, pretty bad. But the problem, I mean, the, the state and quality of British politics of late has is now such that I can, it's now no longer possible to tell what is corrupt and what is just incompetent. Like yeah. I almost, I almost like would rather Quasi Quartain did this out of corruption. Because then that would at least show he's got some kind of working thought process yeah. or some ability to plan or some organizational acumen. But what is much more likely is that he genuinely thought this would be a good idea. And that that's worse, I think. Yeah, in, in the same way that if, if you ran a shop and someone behind the till just kept forgetting to charge anyone mm. any money for yeah. anything from the shop. In terms of rating their intelligence, <laughs> it would be better if they were just giving their friends free stuff than if they were so stupid that they forgot that things <laughs> cost money. Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. And I think we're more... I think this government is more stupid than corrupt. Yeah. Although I, it might be. It's probably a bit corrupt too. Someone but made I the, think they're more dumb than anything. Yeah. Someone made the good point on Twitter that Kwasi Kwarteng and Liz Truss have never spent any time in opposition. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's just been an absolute win-a-thon for them. Because so, the, their minds are, are completely untrained by adversity. They've just, like in terms of political adversity, I mean, you know, I'm sure they have their problems in their lives, such as crashing the economy. Um, but they, yes. they've just arrived and in office, sort of... just like, ha-ha, now we're going to do all our ideas. And it's like, well, you, better, you, you can't, you mustn't. Mm, and I guess sort of being a shadow chancellor and shadow whatever in being the shadow cabinet is a kind of a dress rehearsal, right? Totally. Well, you, 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 actually, you get yeah. a lot of the same briefings. Yeah. So you get... Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah. I, it might have been Stephen Bush, the man for whom all the... Where all the good opinions come from. Um, Very clever guy. Kate yeah. Malay. Kate Malay guy. Is, is, was it his mother's Kate Malay? Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got. Yeah. Did not know this. I'm gonna look this up right so now. He, That's, I'm delighted to hear. I that. mean, it's almost it's almost too perfect that a a political commentator we both really like <laughs> has sort of <laughs> both our our cultural origins together in one man. Oh yes, please. Yeah, that would be fucking great. That would make all the sense. That would be that would that would imply some eerie sort of um, long term cultural vibe. That you can that you and I can both like pick up on or something that would be fascinating. Um, mm. Oh, maybe maybe that's right. Oh man, yeah. I hope that's right because I do like that idea. Um, yeah, but uh, it, like Kwasi Kwarteng, I mean, he's another good argument for the fact that like you know you you and I uh, we try not to mention it very much because it's the UK and you're not supposed to, but you know you and I are Oxford graduates. You and I are are at least on paper smart people. Um, and on paper. On paper. Not all of my papers in my first year, but um, some of the papers. <laughs> on some papers, I'm, I was quite clever, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so, 
Quasi Quateng, you know, um, uh, is he Cambridge or Oxford? He's Oxbridge anyway. Um, mm. uh, like double. Quasi okay, uh, Quateng, Trinity College, Trinity That's College, right. Cambridge. That's right. Double first, like double university challenge winner, published historian, you name it. Yeah. And this guy immediately got a hold of the economy and cake plopped it onto the floor. There is something I've noticed about prodigies that they rarely are successes in adulthood. Yeah. Prod- people who like really crush at school or university and who are always touted as being the next great whatever, whatever, they're, they almost never are. I mean, the closest I can think of is Gordon Brown, who was like a genius at university. But even he didn't really, you know, fulfill his promise as a prime minister. No, he um, kind of pooped that one a bit as well, yeah. Yeah, pe- prodigies never actually make good. It, they're kind of like child stars in Hollywood. They they burn <laughs> out and they um they don't actually end up realizing their promise. It's a, it seems to be people who come second that do the best in life. I found. Yeah, I think that's right. I I I mean, you and I both saw at 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 Cambridge. Not to turn this into the "Did you know we went to Cambridge" podcast, but um, <laughs> <laughs> plenty of those. Um, but. Uh, I mean, did you notice, as I did, how many people, certainly in first year, had, in some cases, full-on breakdowns, but but like such a high level of stress because they came from, they were like big fish, small pond. Yeah, well, I mean, I've said I've said on this podcast, I almost quit after my first term. I was one of those people until I made a change. My brain changed after the first term, and I was I was I was able to, you know, I was I got much better. That's right. But it was yeah, not uncommon. Yeah, it freaks people out. I was very lucky to to often score second or third on like whatever an essay or something. Like not if I think if you win all the time, then it breaks something in your brain, and you end mm. up going. But I'm the winner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, right, right, right. So you're drawing. Yes. So this draws back to um, Liz Truss and Wazi Quanting. Yeah, they're just. I think they put their hands on their hips and look at the at the big negative red number next to FTSE 100 and just go but we're the winners we win things <laughs> our ideas are clever aren't they and then you know they look in the corridor there's no one there aren't they <laughs> I mean there's an there's this extraordinary clip of um, Gloria Kunzberg asking Liz Trust how many people voted for this um, as in the budget, and then there's this sort of <laughs> this is this pause. This is like office, the office level pause of genuinely like three or four seconds. And Liz just goes, uh, Liz just goes, sorry, what do you mean? It, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's so good. The timing is like perfect. Like that dead. She's become like I don't know if I don't know if any other prime minister I can remember has provided so much dead air like yeah. i don't i don't no one draws out a pause like liz trust <laughs> she's she's like a, a, a one woman harold pinter play it's just pauses just so many yeah. big theatrical I'm pauses to, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if she read somewhere or was told that like silence is that can actually be really powerful <laughs> silence is a really powerful <laughs> negotiation Chantul. yeah and maybe she's taken that to heart but forgotten that she also needs ideas at the end of the silence yeah, it, yeah she's, she thinks so oh, silencing implies confidence but then she also just doesn't have an answer so it just it's like double bad mm. 
Like it would have been much better in that case if she'd gone, what do you mean? Yeah. That would have seemed stronger than really thinking for four seconds and then just being like, nope, I don't know. <laughs> so dumb. What? So what? Do you, do you think she's going to be prime minister for much longer? I do, well, they've abandoned it now because like, even Michael Gove in public was like, well, obviously I'm going to vote against it. So. Yeah. Well, but it's only the it's only the 45p cut they've um, they've U-turned on. There's still a lot more. It's also it's also not much of a U-turn, at least in the sense that they're delaying it or whatever, and it wouldn't have been voted on soon anyway. Or I don't know. I mean, we kept thinking that eventually Tory MPs would get sick of Boris openly, you know, sticking his cock into the law, um, and sort of yes, rubbing his bum he... on the Queen's face. And it took them like forever. But that's because they couldn't decide whether whether or not it was worth losing his celebrity, his appeal, that's his popularity. That's None of true. which Liz Truss has. That's true. The polling numbers were actually still good, kind of, and it was the local elections that did him in. Yeah, she's she's toxic as hell. And look, in a in a, if you'd asked me back when I thought the world made sense, I would say she's gone in like a month. But now that we live in like clown universe or whatever. Yeah. At some point during COVID, our Earth switched places with a clown Earth. But the Tory party is going to have to replace with someone before the 2024 election. Because if it's still this trust, it, it, Starmer has it in the bag, surely. It would be very funny if it's still this trust. <laughs> it would be hilarious if it's still this trust. She's so... And we're all, we'll be laughing about it around our, our bin fires, <laughs> rubbing our hands for warmth, going, so funny that Liz big, trust. Doing big laughs. Pass me that rat kebab. <laughs> Because it's it's just so funny. I have to celebrate with a delicious bit of spiced rodent. We'd we'd be laughing like really big laughs that show you that we only have one tooth left in our mouth, like one <laughs> one big tooth. Ah ha ha. Uh, she, uh, she, you know what? I mean, <laughs> they're really there's a special type of mad idiocy because these people are all Oxbridge graduates, and they kind of. They seem, they're intelligent. I don't think they're not intelligent, but I think they're smart, like, maybe like a robot is smart. Hmm. Like, a, a, mm-hmm. you know, like you can get a robot that builds cars, right? That's very smart. But if, if you've got yeah. the car building robot and then just like pointed it at a kid with a broken arm, <laughs> you know, it's not a doctor. Mm. It's not qualified. It'll probably do more harm than good, even though it's really smart. It's It's... They're really undermining the brand as well, Phil. The Oxbridge brand. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, I think that's their greatest crime, really. If you think about it. <laughs> that's the worst thing they've done. It's gonna, be, it's gonna, yeah. as a brand, it's gonna become associated with being a fucking maniac and just screwing up interviews <laughs> and things, which is, you know, valid, but. It's a shame. It's a shame for us. We can't. We can't. We won't be able to trade off it uh, in the even the minor ways in which we've been able to trade off it so far. No, no, we won't. Eventually, um, it, 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 but it, maybe maybe it'll, maybe they'll get to the point where the Oxbridge brand is so damaged by this Tory government that we become the underdog, <laughs> and then and then and and so we get to enjoy that. Okay, so like Phil and Pierre, you know Phil and Pierre, the, the, you know they're both stand-up comedians. They both have a um, uh, of a, a cult podcast, and all this despite 
having gone to Cambridge <laughs> University, a place that produces some of the worst chancellors this country's ever seen. A place that produces... And yet they were able to overcome that yeah. to become big players in the comedy podcast environment. Yeah, 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 yeah. People start saying, uh, Phil, Phil and Pierre, uh, stand -up, professional stand-up comedians who have a, quite a sort of cult podcast, but they went to Cambridge. <laughs> It'll be but. <laughs> and people will yeah, go, oh, yeah. oh my God, wow. <laughs> And they go, what, that place that produces everyone who fucks the whole country up constantly? And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to be fair, that, that, yeah, Oxford has the numbers. Yeah. Uh, but Quasi Quarting has really, in one fell swoop, oh, yeah. done a lot to catch up just with one guy. He's, he's, <laughs> he's worth at least five or six bad Oxford chancellors. Yeah. <laughs> to tank the pound to the point where it's almost on parity with the dollar. That's astonishing. That's great stuff. Yeah, really extraordinary. And then to go We're to back a back up now though. Yeah, it's back up, I know. No more evil champagne oh, parties, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I hope those guys made those deals in time. Oh. Yeah, I hope they sold in time. Oh, I won't be able to sleep. I hope those guys shot the shorting the pounds were sold in time. I hope that, as you say, I hope that collection of people who sit around a long table in a Bond film managed to managed to make their money. <laughs> I hope I hope all those guys with like eye patches and like uh, <laughs> fucking smocks on, whatever they wear. What would you call Doctor Evil's jacket? A smock? A, t a tunic? Oh, it's sort of like a Mao kind of workman's jacket, isn't it? It's like a worker's kind of jacket, isn't it? Yeah. It, it seems to be. It's based on those communist, Stalinist kind of jackets, isn't it? It seems to be. It certainly seems to be. But then it's like an in interesting thing because, like, gold, gold um, finger wore that as well. Right. You know, it's, it is from, from the James Bond things, and it's interesting that they sort of went, "Oh, bad people sort of, ah, oh, fuck it, they dress like a North Korean leader." All right. Yeah. Yeah. Even though like he's, obs he's obsessed with gold, all right, no, fine. Strange, <laughs> very strange. Um, um, speaking of gold, shall we look at some correspondence? Very nice, very nice. We shall. Thank you. We shall. We shall. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Thank you. Ring letters. Keep 
Gold from our members. Gold emails. They're the stuff. <laughs> the stuff we'd like to read. But we never read. Gold emails. <laughs> <laughs> but we never read. That's good, man. But we never read. What was it? Gold, Goldfinger, something about his web of sin? Oh, I don't know it. I don't know. Stay away from his web of sin or something like that. But then it can't be that because the next line is, uh, but don't go in. It always made me laugh. <laughs> Don't go in. That's a very funny <laughs> lyric to me. Don't go in. Don't go in. <laughs> what what what's your favorite Bond theme? Ooh. It's a good question. Um Ooh, it's a good question. Oh, I don't know, you know. Well, mine Mine, I think mine might be garbage. Um, the world is not enough, which I really like. The world is not yeah. enough. It's it's a good it's a good song. I think that one that might be my favorite. Live and let die, and they're cool band. Garbage. Live and let die. Live and let die. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's just a, course, an actual a banger, one. an actual good song. Um, Was that written for the movie? I think it was, yeah. I think it was. They sort of went, "We've you can never guess who we've got, you know. Um, in terms of being like a crap Bond theme that nevertheless was stuck in my head for about a decade, um, I will say, I guess I'll die another day. That was in my head for about 10 years. <laughs> yeah, that's stupid. Because I watched it as a kid. Madonna prancing around in North Korean prison. Very strange. Um, um, so, I think this is... I think I've got the right era of emails here. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, we have a message from Graham. Graham. He's not Liam. That's oh, very nice. That's very good. Thank you. So it's called. He listens to podcasts. Yeah, it's called Tat on My Travels, and Graham says, "Good morning, Philgilberry and Pierre." I don't get it. Pierre. Phil Gilberry and Pierre. Oh, Phil Gilberry, like a Dingleberry? Yeah, I guess so. I guess and so. As in like a little bit of poop on, on your butt. And, a little um, bit of poop. And in your case, pees as in urine. Uh, peer, like you're a person who pees. One who pees. I suppose that's right, one who pees. Um, dingleberries, a uh, very funny way of describing... I am the one who pees. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's our version of Breaking Bad. It's <laughs> kicking in a toilet door while someone's shitting. Stay out of my territory. Um, friend of the podcast, excellent comedian, excellent guy all around. Johnny Leonard used to re uh, uh, refer to Dingleberries as men in the rigging. Wow, yeah. How funny is that? Really I don't think it's a problem that people other than animals have very much, to be honest. Like, I know, you mean animals other than people? Yes, I suppose I do mean that, don't I? The most dangerous <laughs> animal of all, man. 
Um, uh, yeah, I don't know how long and lustrous your bum hair has to be to just catch fucking shits in it, but it's awful. It's such a design flaw. Who who would have <laughs> who okayed this? Who green lit this design? <laughs> I like the idea of you pointing at a sort of big hairy bum hole. Going, who green lit this? <laughs> wearing a like wearing a hard hat like you're on a tour as a politician of a factory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gloves on who did this yeah just pointing out the bum hairs going well this is your problem right there <laughs> she's going oh you've had the cowboys in <laughs> what is it Steve what are you finding hair around the bum hole yeah. yeah I thought so thought as much <laughs> um, so he says long time listener first time mailer ah mm. welcome welcome he's a first time Norman mailer um, Who's Norman Mailer? An author? The, the name's just in my head. Who is Norman Mailer? Huh. He's an American author, I think. Now I have to find out. There can't be a delay. Yes, American, American novelist. novelist. There we Very are. good. The Naked and the Dead. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, he says, Joined your listenership in the farting 40s. Insert play, praise redacted here. Thank you. I assume he means ep- around episode 40s. Probably. Yes, yes, yes. Probably not the 1940s. No. Um, <laughs> I started listening in the 40s. <laughs> Hang on a minute. I had a lot of time. It actually started as a way of um, relaying messages about the front back home. The, the poo chat only came later, but that's where the bullet chat started. <laughs> Budpod was just a way to relay coded messages to the resistance. <laughs> If the first email was about poo, it meant hold your positions. But if we did a first email about piss, it meant that D-Day was coming. <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I've just got an email here, Phil, from uh, Omaha Beach. Etc. Um, yeah, it says uh, it's pee-poo minus five. <laughs> So Graham says, I've just been on a road trip with my much better half and stopped at various roadside purveyors of tat. Excellent. I have attached a picture of something that made me laugh out loud, very loudly, on completion of the first read. My instant thought was of you, fine gentlemen. Can't wait to hear Phil try and work this one out. Love and hugs, Graham. Graham. What have we got? What are we working with? It's, I think... What we got here? I think this is going to stymie you. I, you know how much I hate to hear you stymied, but I think it might. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I hate being stymied. So, it's a kind of tile, a sort of panel poster thing. And uh-huh. the picture is not relevant. It's just a sort of um, kettle thing and three cups of, of, of teacups, tea three teacups and a kettle. Yeah. And the the phrase is... When friends meet, hope has blank. Hope has blank blank. Wow. So, okay, so it's nothing to do with the tea. Mm-mm. To be honest, it has nothing to do with it, anything. I think the reason he made it laugh is because this is genuinely, like, it's not sincere tat. It is a joke. Because it is. It has, oh. to, it has to be a joke. So it's not really a fair challenge. And I'm happy to abandon it as a challenge on that basis. When friends meet, hope has blank. Hope has blank blank. Yeah. Oh, 
When friends meet, hope has... Oh, hope has... Hope has... Oh, gone. Hope has gone home. <laughs> that would be pretty good, actually. Um, no, it's weirder than that. So it's when friends meet, hope has breath. So you go, right. Breath, okay. But then the last line is, when friends meet, hope has breath. Hope has viral load. Whoa, what? Yeah. So it's, so it's COVID. It's a COVID joke. So either COVID or HIV AIDS. Hmm. But the reference to breath means probably COVID. Yeah. So it's Co- yes. kind of an ironic COVID tat, a niche category. But it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Hope is breath. No, it doesn't. And I think I, I agree with Graham in the fact that what would make me laugh out loud in the shop is just the sudden appearance of the phrase viral load. <laughs> go, Jesus. It's a great name for a heavy metal band, Viral Load. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. They, yeah, a sort of short-lived um, meme-based metal band. Um, uh, so that's from Graham. We have some tat sent in as well from a, a man calling himself Chilton's Ian. Chilton's Ian. Mm. Ah, of the Chilton Ians. Yes. Not the not the Hamptonians. No, the Chilternians. Um, Chilternians sounds like one of those kind of sort of uh, slightly um, insufficient Star Trek uh, races. <laughs> um, he says, "Dear Copperfill, Copperfill, yeah, yeah, and bum and bumpy." What's Copperfillia? Is that liking dead bodies? No, that's it's love no, of poo. Coprophilia. Necrophilia. You're thinking of necrophilia. Coprophilia is love of poo. I'm always thinking of necrophilia. (sighs) Phil, stop thinking about necrophilia for one second and try and focus. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a funny thing to sort of... Phil? Hmm? Oh, sorry. I was just thinking about necrophilia. What was that? (laughs) Huh? Um, Ian says, The lovely mother of a dear Irish friend both, thankfully self-aware of what they did, sent me and my wife an apron that fails to make sense on so many levels. Much to discuss, little reason for doing so, but one to stretch Mr. Wang, methinks. (laughs) (laughs) Methinks. Methinks. Um, Yeah, okay. I wonder if I can get it. Yeah. He says, proudly a historian of your perfectly poopy pod, praise redacted Koji. Thank you, Chilton Ian. Thank you, Chilton Ian. Um, So, it's it's an apron, Phil. Yep. With a sort of um I'm going to say a a an, a rural agricultural Irish scene sort of cartoonishly stitched onto the front. A rural agricultural Irish scene. Yes. Yes. Um I'm trying to think how to make this something that you guess. Oh no, I I know I know how to put this. No, I know what to make you guess. Okay, so visually, right? We're looking at a field of sheep, right? Mm-hmm. So field of sheep in the countryside. There's a couple of chickens around, but they're not the main event. The main event is the sheep. Okay. And there is a sheep that is upside down. He also appears to be smoking a pipe. That's kind of relevant. Mm-hmm. But he's upside mm-hmm. down, all four legs in the air, smoking a little pipe. Mm. Yeah. And he also appears to be... His feet are sort of like red oblong shapes, which implies kind of shoes or maybe slippers. Okay. And the other sheep are not wearing slippers, okay? Yep, yep. 
And the caption is... And there's a pun in the caption, so double points if you get the pun. Time to... Time to blank, 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 blank. So four wow, okay. blanks. That's a lot of blanks. Four blanks. I can't... I don't think... I'm going to see if I can give you one of them without giving it away, but I don't think I can. Actually, no. Time... Is it time to put your feet up? Yes! So... Yes! Yes! What's the pun? <laughs> time to put your... F- uh, oh, the pun. Mm. Time to put your feet up. Can you do it for the Dibby Doubles? <laughs> you, uh, you're, ooh. I mean, the only thing I can think of is, uh, is U-E-W-E. You got you, it. You got it. Did I? You got yes! it, baby. Fucking hell, great work. Wow. Chilton Zian wow. promised us a wang stretching and he it didn't deliver. <laughs> It, yeah, well, yeah, I was stretched, but I pinged right back like a bow and arrow. <laughs> it's, the, it's the stretching that provides the force. Excellent work. Excellent work. Thanks, man. Um, Thank you. Excellent work. We'll end on this uh, stuff that it's not really about guessing. From, from uh, Florence, uh, who's been in touch before. Florence, has she brought the machine? Nice. Is this from Florence and the Machine? This is from both of us. Maybe she signs off. It would be fun to be Florence from Florence and the Machine and introduce your whole band. It's like I'm Florence and this is the Machine. Isn't the Machine another person in Florence and the Machine? I thought there was more than one, but I don't know. I think it might be one person who's called the Machine, which is a funny thing for That's a, I think a lady to be called. That is funny. That is funny. A, a lady in a sort of big floral dress, like folk singer clothes. Hello, I'm the machine. <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> a Tarantino character. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like a character from a Guy Ritchie movie. They call her the machine. Yeah. Uh, Florian says, hey, fellas, long time no pee. <laughs> Very good. Um, just popping in again after all these apps to share a piece of offensively low effort tat I saw on a friend's Instagram. Mm. So the tat is a, uh, it, it's it's hanging up on a on a on a hook, this poster from a piece of string. Yeah, it looks like it's about the size of an A4. Yeah, and it's got a sort of um, like everything that's um, fashionable now. It's just two different shades of like light gray and sort of dark bluey gray flowers on top. Okay. Sort of floral gray flower and on top of a kind of mm-hmm. light gray. And the writing on it says in big capital letters across the top, bathroom. Mm. So it's probably on the outside of the door, right? Bathroom. Yeah. And there's a little... It's arranged as if it should be a poem. But see if you can hear the problem with the poem. So okay. it's four lines. It says, bathroom. And then the four lines are... Wash your hands, brush your teeth, hang your towel, floss your teeth. (laughs) 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 Uh, I like the little break you give your teeth. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. While you hang up the towel. While you hang up a towel. So they can recover. The the, 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 the thus far unmentioned towel. (laughs) 
Wash your hands. to give your teeth a break. Wash your hands, brush your teeth, hang your towel, floss your teeth. <laughs> that is funny. And then Florence's friend, <laughs> friend has shared it with the caption, unbelievably frustrating, which is very funny. <laughs> that is funny. And uh, Florence says, the that audacity of rhyming teeth with teeth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she says, anyway, all the best, Koji, and peace be with you. Florence, formerly of the Gay Red Shoes. Florence, formerly of the Gay Red Shoes. Yes. What does that mean? Um, it's a reference oh, this to a- previous correspondence. Uh, uh, um, uh, that's right. Um, someone shouted... Uh, a man shouted, red shoes, pussy muncher at her. Oh, yes, I remember, Do you remember this. that. I remember this. Yes, yes, yes. She listened to the story. Oh, wow. Episode five of Phil getting kissed at by a Polish man. Wow. God. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Strange, strange moment. Red shoes, pussy muncher. <laughs> From a construction well, thanks. worker. Thank thanks, you, Florence. Florence. Hope you still got the red shoes. Um, yeah. And thank you, everyone, for listening. listening. We must now to the... Private bathroom. The private bathroom of the bonus part. That's right. Um, If you are Patreon, do join us. If you aren't, what are you waiting for? Yes. You get merchandise as well as the uh, psychological pleasure of knowing that you are contributing to this podcast in a way beyond patiently listening to an IKEA advert. Yes. Um, but till next time, bye-bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.